Hi, uh, my name is Rick Van Wacken. I'm the Director of Sport and Co-Curricular Education at St Andrews Cathedral School and I have Olivia Hayes who's in Year 12. Uh, she's been very involved in sport and has actually achieved some pretty amazing things. Um, so, Olivia, this is our second, or my second podcast with students. How does that make you feel? Um, I feel very honoured, I have to say. I didn't expect myself to be chosen, but I'm thankful. Chosen. I guess that's a, a good word, isn't it? Um, tell me a little bit about yourself. I, If I remember rightly, you lived in Japan for a little while? Yes, yes. Um, I actually lived in Japan for eight years. Um, I came to Australia for my dad's work. We had to go there, but then I moved back when I moved came uh, when I was in year seven. Um, currently in year 12, so five years at Saks. Um, I've played school sport for Saks. I've played hockey and basketball. Um, I've also done athletics as well at Saks. Um, but yeah, year 12 at the moment, it's busy times, but no sports, my passion, sports, what I want to do after school. At the moment, um, I'm looking at unis and what to do. And every course I've looked at is something to do with sport. So ever since I've been yeah, younger, love sport. Well, how about we explore some of that um, over the next 15, 20 minutes? Uh, tell me, how have you managed COVID-19? And uh, do you manage to get much exercise in? How did that all play out and all your study and, and so on? Yeah, so I actually, with COVID for study, it was actually, I actually didn't mind it because I actually found that I got more work done because I had... Uh, instead of travel and instead of sport after school, um, I got so much more work in, but for exercise wise, since I couldn't do any team sports or javelin, um, I did, I tried to do exercise at my house, like in, in my room. Um, I don't know if they were successful. At the very start of COVID, COVID I was very uh, lazy, but then I slowly got into it and I did about three to four times a week, I would do exercise in my room, but, um, and I tried to do full body, body workouts, but it wasn't the same as I would usually do at the gym. So what sort of exercises would you have done that you could pass on to anybody else if we go into the same situation again? Yeah. Um, I always followed, because on social media helped me a lot, I have to say, because, um, and also from my gym, they actually were able to provide me with a gym program. So I was sort of combining my gym program with things that I found on social media. Um, I did I didn't do a lot of cardio mainly because I didn't have the space to do cardio so I did a lot of weights exercises and say if I didn't have weights at home I would just use everyday like around the house sort of equipment and that's what I made up for the fact. So for those people who don't know Olivia has or live I should really say uh, has been um, big into javelin over the years and is your biggest throw 45.5 is that the biggest throw that you've done? Yeah. That was at the New South Wales All Schools Championships, yeah. and when was that? Two thousand nineteen. Um, that was actually at the start of this year. Start of this year. Yeah. Okay. And, um, what's it like to throw forty five meters? That's that's a swimming pool length. Yeah. Um, it was a big shock for me because I for training because I've been doing jumping for about four years, and um, in the first couple of years I was improving quite a lot, and then I sort of hit a bit of a roadblock for a year. And I wasn't moving, like I wasn't getting any further distance. If anything, I was actually getting less distance. And I actually found that because we were trying to figure out all these different ways. We we're like, what am I doing wrong? Because I was doing more gym, um, eating better, everything. And then we went to one coach and he was like, how many times a week are you going to the gym? And um, I said four to five. And he said, if you uh, actually could be the reason why you're not throwing as far. And so I decreased my level of gym. And then I actually was able to throw further. So I, you know, got rid of a lot of stress on my body and made my body looser for me to throw that 
And yeah, so I was really happy with that. Didn't so what you're saying is being a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Uh, is it more relaxed in terms of just strength? You, you were too muscly? Yeah, re yeah, relaxed overall in full body fitness because um, the thing is in javelin you do need strength. You need strength not only in your arms but you know your core to keep stability and your legs to also provide balance but um, because I was too stressed and too you know bunched up in my whole full body it didn't allow me to do that full release in javelin and to let my body go which is what you're meant to do after you throw. Okay so you said that you've been doing it for four or five years how does a what 12 13 year old girl think uh, I'm going to do javelin it's sort of a bit out there it's not one of your standard sort of sports or activities, even in athletics. You yeah. know, most people go for a 100-metre run or 200-metre run. Yeah, you know, they might be stupid enough to do an 800-metre run. But javelin, where did, where did that come from? Yeah, so it was actually a funny story because in year seven at Saks, I was good at shot put and discus um, just because, well, I've always been quite strong in my upper body. But, um, and then I didn't even bother to do javelin, but then Sarah Moy, girl in the year, um, no. year above, um, she was in for javelin and then she wasn't, she didn't make it for the javelin um, throw. So then they're like, what other girl can put, we, can we put in it? And considering I was in the other two throwing events, they just said, oh, why don't you go in it? And then um, I, was, I never threw a javelin before because before that I was at a school in Japan, which they just, athletics wasn't a thing there. Right. And so I remember I was with Olivia Till and, she, and I said, how do you throw a javelin? And she just quickly taught me and I threw and that was at ISA and then I came first and then I was like, oh, okay. And then I went on to CIS. Right yeah, on. went on to CIS and came second. And then mum and I were like, mm, maybe we should look into this a bit further. And then that's when I started training. Well, you're, I'll tell you a little story about me. Uh, in that year seven level, um, some of your peers, I actually had to teach them shot put and I've never been really into shot put at all. It was just a PDHPE lesson that I went to and Liam Bow was in it. And uh, I showed, I gave a demonstration as in, as you have to as a teacher. And uh, I threw probably about nine, uh, nine metres would it have been, I think. And then Liam steps up and he threw 11 metres. And this is a year seven kid throwing two metres further than me. So I had to give this excuse in front of all the other year seven students to say, oh, look, I'm not, I've got a bad shoulder, I'm gonna just sort of throw it and see, but I put as much effort as I could and I couldn't match Liam's throw. I was pretty embarrassed, I must confess. So it must be a you know, great year group in terms of throwing arms because Matt Butler's there with yeah, exactly. you know, his hammer throw and, um, and shot foot. And, uh, so so um, what does it take to become uh, a really good javelin thrower? So for example, you said you went to ISA and you'd hardly ever thrown a javelin, but mm. now, you're a lot further down the track mm. and you, you're pretty competitive. Mm. What did it, what's it taken you? Um, I think a lot of commitment because javelin's an individual sport, because what I'm used to is team sport, whereas I, getting into this whole individual sport in the athletics world, I was so shocked by it all. And um, you could really tell that commitment was sort of one of the key factors because the thing is it was all on yourself to keep going to training, to keep going to competitions, whereas a team sport sort of the team like lifts you up to go. Um, so commitment I found was a big factor for, for me and then also um, along with that commitment because I did commitment I did more training I did more um, gym and exercise like outside of training and overall I was a lot more uh, I guess inspired I guess for, from the whole javelin and athletics world that it pushed me outside. Okay and 
you've said that you're going to do something at university to do with sport. Let's just put a hold on that for a moment. Is there a desire to go further with javelin? Um, well, because of year 12, I'm only doing um, training twice a week. Um, so it's definitely lowered down. So my whole javelin sort of um, thing has died down a bit. So obviously I've lost a bit of motivation, but after school, I am hoping to keep it up alongside with uni. I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna take it as just javelin itself. I think I'm gonna do javelin and uni. And say if I am at uni and doing javelin and it were to keep going, like were to take off a bit more, then I think I would take it more just javelin, if that makes I sense. I could imagine there's not a great sponsorship background in javelin. Um, do you think Red Bull could kind of sponsor you in javelin? Possibly. Maybe if you spear people as you go or something <laughs> like that. Um, you have to pull something out with Red Bull, something mm. really out there mm. to make it work. Well, yeah, actually at the moment, because it is interesting, because my mum and I were talking about it the other day, Javelin has, because we never expected me to do it, but Javelin has opened up so many opportunities for me, because say for my year 12 design technology major work, I'm actually creating a Javelin that's a self-measuring Javelin. So oh, wow. okay. um, yeah, I'm putting How a does G that work? so I'm putting um, I'm putting a GPS and all these other technology devices inside a javelin, and you know creating the casing so that it doesn't move up and down, and also putting it, you know in the center of gravity. So I'm looking at balance of the javelin and everything. So um, so you know if that were to take off, then Red Bull could possibly see that as a bit of a sign and could get a double whammy. That's <laughs> really impressive. So the, I take it javelins have to be all a certain weight. Yeah. So. Do you then decrease, decrease the amount of alloy in there to yeah. get the same weight? Yeah, so what I'm doing, I'm actually cutting out different sections sections along the middle of the javelin, which yep. is the grip. And so the amount of um, aluminium alloy I'm taking out is going to make up for the GPS devices that I'm putting in. And so because the weight is so crucial to javelin, I've actually had to search like on every single possible website, like, you know, J-Car and everything to find the lightest possible um, GPS yeah. and so now hopefully because I'm in the midst of making it but hopefully it will balance out you know that ratio of taking it out and putting stuff in it will balance out to exactly the correct weight. There could be a market for you know Olivia you know Olivia Javelins out there you know, <laughs> right around the world how good would that be? That would be pretty good. <laughs> That's fantastic I, it's, it's amazing when you listen to podcasts and mm. you know, I've listened to quite a few some of the backstories and some mm. of the interesting things that you don't know anything about. So I had no idea that. Yeah, that and was see, because that's what my mum and I were saying. We like without javelin, you know, I wouldn't have had this fantastic major work product. I would have absolutely no idea. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's provided me with opportunities I didn't even think that would happen. And I'm just, I'm just thinking long term. You know, schools could have them. Uh, you know, they just buy them in. Mm. There's schools all over the world, particularly in America, that you know would be having javelin as part yeah. of their. Yeah, they come program, mm. and yeah, very exciting. You have to find a you know, producer and a manufacturer and all that sort of thing. Yeah, get your brother in as the marketing manager or something <laughs> like that. What's he doing at university? Um, he's doing bachelor of commerce. Well, there you go. So yeah, he's your yeah, business could manager in yeah. the background. <laughs> How good is that? Could work. So tell me, uh, when I watch you play, uh, moving away from javelin, when I watch you play uh, your team sports. Um, Different people play different positions and have different skills, of course, in different areas. I always see you as the, the shooter, the goal shooter, the, the person who 
finishes off. So you could have a you know a half in hockey, and you put them up the front, and they can never score a goal. But you seem to be able to find the goal um, nearly every time. Is there something about your mental capacity or your physical uh, ability? Yeah, I think it's more to do physical ability because um, I've. So I played hockey even right before, even because with when I was in Japan, it was actually a four-year difference. So between that four years, four years, four years was in Japan, and then I had a one-year or two-year here in Australia. I actually played hockey there in during in that Japan. two, yeah. Okay. Um, and when I was back then, I was playing defense um, because I was quite a lot taller and bigger than the other girls. So that was sort of understandable. A, you know, understandable was a suited position. And then when I came back here, that sort of just went in the back of my head because obviously all the other girls grew up and I started off doing mid, like um, half. And um, I was that for a bit and a bit. And then um, I found that in year eight, that was more turning into, I mean, it was sort of my fault as well because it was more half but a half that would score. And, um, and then along with that, sort of my coaches were noticing that and then they also pushed me up forward. But then also recently I found that's more to do with physical ability that there is less running involved compared to a um, half. Oh, so okay. it <laughs> sort of works in that way as well. Well, you're pretty fast. So maybe, you know, that acceleration that happens at the forward line to just get past defenders and score a goal might, might be of assistance, I guess. Yeah. But also on the basketball court, I've noticed that you know, Till's playing point guard and she's delivering the ball to you and you're managing to get it into the basket uh, quite often. Um, how does it make you feel just to get those baskets on yeah, a regular basis? Yeah, very honoured, I have to say, because also with basketball, I guess it's the same thing, the physical ability, because I'm a lot taller than the other girls, that worked as well. But um, ever since ever, my mum's always said that uh, I'm quite, not strong, because it's not the fact that I'm strong, but just whole body, I put everything into it, basically. Um, and so that's worked in hockey and in basketball because with basketball, when Till is passing to me on the side, you know, me compared to Till going into the paint when other defenders are coming on to me, I sort of put everything into it and just, you know, you put everything, yeah, basket. try for the basket and hope for the best. Then if you, you know, you fall over because I do fall over quite a lot, um, you fall over, you fall over, but if you get the basket in, you know, it's good. And you guys won the. Uh, Division 2 ISA um, basketball this year, yeah. how did that make you and your team feel? It was really good because um, I think we've played basketball five years together on the, that same team um, and we've always lost in the semi, semis every single year so it was a nice relief for us in the end. I don't think Mr Kydick has had that many you know, finishes off. They, no. You know, uh, we often talk about Sachs having a um, a bit of a barrier when it comes to the semi-finals and finals, but you managed to break through. Yeah. I think our last win in that um, Division Two uh, ISA girls basketball was in 2015, I think. Mm. It was the last time that we went uh, mm. won. So, um, yeah. and were there any celebrations afterwards? Um, well, he, th we, my mum and I was so thankful that, because and my mum brings it up every single day, but she was so thankful because basketball was the week before the finals, was the week before COVID and all the um, restrictions came down. So like we just always say, imagine if it was just one week earlier and we wouldn't have had that. But um, we were actually meant to, because the year before when um, we thought we were going to make the finals, um, we did a celebration with all the parents and Sir and Jess Jenner as well, because she was the co-coach mm -hmm. in our team. 
And we're going to do the same thing again this year, but because of COVID, we weren't able to. So are we, we going to have a celebration? Possibly. I mean, Maybe now's the time. Possibly. I mean, it's worth it. We did win, but... Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's good. Should I have a word for Mr Kiting about it? Yeah, possibly. So you said that you're planning on doing something sport-related uh, next year at university. Uh, what are you planning? Um, so I had a chat with Mr Sinovich, who's our careers counsellor, the other day. And because I was always looking at... Um, Ever since ever, I was always looked at sports teaching, but um, recent with Sinovich, I actually found that there's two degrees: one called sport and exercise management, and then one sport and exercise science. So management's more on the, um, I guess, sitting like work job, like you know, you're sitting down at your desk job, and then science side, it gives me a lot more um, options. So I am leaning towards the science side because even in the science side, there are a few jobs relating to the management side. So say if I decide, oh, I want to do management, it will still open up that side. But I think sport and exercise science would be the, that's my goal. Look, sometimes doing the uh, the mechanics, I guess, mm. uh, learning how to, a sport actually operates or how the body operates and biomechanics, you know, exercise physiology, all those sort of different things. And getting the, the basics there, you know, over time, you can step into management because you have all this yeah. you know, background knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So that, mm. that sort of works. So tell me, can you speak Japanese? Um, slightly. Have you studied it since coming back from Japan? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, because they, the year that I came back to Saks, they actually stopped doing Japanese for... Right, um, yes, they did too. And I could have done it in HSE, but considering I was in Japan, I think the limit was more than five years, I would have had to done the high level Japanese right. and gone against um, fluent kids so that might have been a bit tough it would have been a problem yep yep any desire to go back to Japan um not really for me I think in everyone in rest everyone else in my family actually does have a bit of a desire to go back but um I've always liked home I've always even in Japan I've always liked home where family and home being Sydney Sydney yeah okay and what about skiing? I know your brother loves skiing. You haven't been as passionate? Oh, uh, not as passionate. No, I actually have. I have been as passionate, but I've been passionate about all sports. Mm -hmm. So um, it's sort of just another one on. And I, But I do still love skiing. But, um, yeah, it's not my desire to go back there just for skiing. But, I mean, okay. skiing is great. Skier or snowboarder? Skier. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Much of course. Better. Of course. Don't want to go anywhere else. You better not say that to Angie Barry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just to finish off, what would you say to younger kids maybe listening or to your peers that might listen who might give you a hard time? What would you say to them about you know, what you've achieved in sport and what you could pass on to them in terms of maybe commitment or you know, what, would, what would you like to share? Um, I actually wrote a piece about this in English because we were, had to do a write about to your younger self thing and I wrote okay. in this regard but um, I would say start early like start sport early um, I think that was the biggest problem with me because I started so late in year seven that um, I didn't really get the chance to build up those you know those initial gross motor skills but um, start early and I think start strong as well um, because when you're younger, you have the time to do so much. And now I've really realised that now that being in year 12, I you know, can only train two, three times a week. I've really, and I want to train more, but I can't. Um, I think start early and start strong. 
you know, train consistently. Not, I'm not saying tie yourself out, but um, if you enjoy it, then, yeah, you know. Okay, great. Well, thanks for the time. Thanks for Lord taking a bit of time out of your study. I take it it's a free. I hope it's a free. Okay, well, thanks, Liv, for uh, sharing some of your thoughts and some of your life with us. And Thank we you. look forward to uh, more podcasts, I guess. Thank thanks. you very much, sir. Bye.